KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Member supported. KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio, Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hi, this is KXFM meteorologist Dave Murray. The weekend is here on this Saturday morning. The offshore flow is in play for the weekend. Mild days, cool nights, but the onshore is back for much of next week. So on this Saturday, lots of sunshine. It's warmer. It's nice. Nice Laguna Beach weather, though a little bit breezy. 72 at the beach, 73 at the mountaintop, 74 in the canyon. Tonight, mostly clear skies, breezy. A little chill in the air. 50 degrees, though, for the overnight low. That's not too bad. On Sunday, sunny skies, looking for a high near 70 degrees. A little cooler next week. There are no real storm systems in sight. And just a little tidbit of weather information for you, and this is no surprise, the El Nino that has been developing is already starting to fade. It's not a true El Nino. never has been expected to be one this particular winter. And in time, it will fade back to a La Nina pattern. So that's going to bring some different kind of weather for our winter. We still have some time to watch this unfold. But do not expect this is a typical El Nino winter coming up. It's not going to be. That's my forecast. I'm meteorologist Dave Murray for KXFM. Laguna Beach. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday. I'm not the only one. <laughs> there are more of us everywhere. <laughs> 
Uh, it's Craig Rainbow Radio. Lots going on here at KXFM this week. Uh, I always have something's coming coming back to bite me, and that is, I've always held that the certainty of change, which is never ending and it's constant, we can't stop it, brings a certainty of opportunity. And so there is some changes. I hope there's opportunity. <laughs> anyway, one of the changes here at KXFM is that I'm moving. I'm moving my program uh, from Saturday, which has been on Saturday for the last, um, well, six years, <laughs> to Sunday, the Sabbath. And it will be from 10, so I can sleep in an extra hour, to noon. So it'll be two hours, and it'll be on Saturday, and that starts this next Saturday. But um, So I'm excited about that. It's a big change. Um, I hope I don't show up on the wrong day. <laughs> In my in my advanced years, you never know what might happen. No, that's not true. I've, I'm a very youthful thirty-something. I think at least that's what um, that's that's what they tell me when I take those tests on Facebook to determine your age. <laughs> oh, you're you're thirty. Mm-hmm. Maybe my attitude is thirty. That's good. We should all have a youthful attitude, right? As that Frank Sinatra song says. <laughs> Uh, I think I'll think I've learned all the things I've learned when I'm 100 and 102, uh, whatever it is. Anyway, I digress. So I do have a full day today. I I have um, uh, lots to cover in the news because I haven't had um, a chance to do that in the last couple of weeks. And uh, some Christmas holiday things coming on. Um, but first of all, for the first hour at least, or ever, however long Billy decides he wants to hang in there, I do have a guest, and I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, actually, I should get a couple other announcements out of the way before I get into Billy. Sorry. Bluebird Canyon Farms is hosting a Husky Rescue Adoption event, and this is really cool. You can adopt, you can go preview the dog, pets, um, their Huskies, at Bluebird Canyon Farms. Um, that's on Saturday, today, the 9th. And it starts at 11 a.m. So, and to, to 4 p.m. So you have what uh, five hours to decide if you if there's a pet there that you may want to um, to adopt. So the address is 1085. Remember that 1085 Bluebird Canyon Drive, and that is today. It's starting at 11, and it's the Husky Rescue Adoption Event at Bluebird Canyon. And uh, Bluebird Canyon Farms is hosting it. So I, I think if they're hosting, they're probably going to have some fun stuff there. Um, you can RSVP to them at bluebirdcanyonfarms.com. Or you can contact Mariella Simon, who was on the show on Art Walking about a week ago. And you can contact her at 949 749 715-0235 or um, send her a message probably not too late <laughs> anyway info at bluebirdcanyonfarms.com is their email address they're very active on um, Instagram so if you want to know more about Bluebird Canyon Farm just go to Instagram, Instagram and check them out now let's get back to whom I have waiting in the aisles here as he clears his throat there <laughs> Billy <laughs> How are you this morning? I did, I did not know I was on already. Hello, oh, no. Craig, how are you doing? You're live and on the air. 
I want to explain, Billy, a little bit before. Uh, someone said to me not too long ago, Craig, what about Lavender Democrats? Um, there's an organization. I go, there is? Because, you know, I am a Democrat. but I, And I thought, if there's an organization called Lam- Lavender Democrats, I need to know all about them. So uh, I invited them on, and they accepted. I'm just pleased as all heck. But the reason I'm doing this, I think, is, is kind of, um, I don't well, it's not selfish, but it's kind of important. This coming year is an election year. Get, let that sink in. It's an election year. And with that in mind, we all vote, and we all need to vote in the best manner, best order, things that for things that are important to us. Now, there's a ton of things to vote for, and we need to sort it out. So I thought maybe Lavender Democrats could help us with that process, and particularly Billy, who uh, is... Billy, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. I know people don't like to talk about themselves too much, but I'm going to put you on the spot because I know you're, you're a very busy person. <laughs> And uh, wear multiple hats. You, not everything you do is a lavender Democrats. You have a life besides. So, um, you're uh, where are you located first? So, uh, one, thank you again for having Lavender Dems um, OC on your show. Uh, we think any time that we can help uh, connect with fellow LGBTQ uh, family and allies that we're able to create a broader community to be able to advocate not only for our generation, right, but yes. then this next generation um, that we're seeing a lot of attacks on. So uh, Lavender Dems um, OC is located in Orange County. I personally live in Anaheim, and I'm a teacher up in the Hacienda Heights area. Okay, yeah, your, your, regular, your regular world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And and, um, and Lavender Dems, just, a, you know, a little bit about Lavender Dems. Lavender Dems is a chartered club of the Democratic Party of Orange County, which means that we're under the California Democratic Party. Okay. It's, so, it, it's um, certified, bona fide, legitimate. <laughs> yes. Yes, we're real. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And how long have you yeah, been? So, Go ahead. Tell us. So I've been... I've been with uh, Lavender Dems for um, a little over a year. Um, I'm their communications chair, and um, we've uh, been go- we've been around a few years. We've been uh, going through ch- some changes. Uh, we had some changes in leadership this year, and uh, we've, we're continuously building the uh, the work that we do in terms of supporting LGBTQ uh, candidates, LGBTQ legislation. Uh, fighting back against uh, the attacks that are out there, and um, and then a little bit about me. You were asking um, real quick. Yes. Um, Take all the time. I am a. <laughs> so I'm a high school uh, government econ uh, drama broadcasting teacher. When you work in public education, you literally do everything. everything. <laughs> and um, I. I'm the current president of the Hacienda La Puente Teachers Association and hold um, some positions with the California Teachers Association. And in terms of uh, my advocacy, I'm also vice chair of the Supporters of Public Education OC, SOPE OC, and we really uh, 
focus on what's going on in public education because right now we know public education is under attack and that's the way they're attacking our democracy, which I think you and I are going to get into a little bit more later. And um, in terms of my LGBTQ advocacy, um, so I, I came out when I was, you know, 20 and a half and did that same thing that everybody else did, you know, where I had my bags packed. Um, I, I, I thought I came from a supportive family, but I wasn't sure. And so I had my bags packed and, um, and came, came out to my family. And, um, and my mom, who I was closest to, ended up having the, the biggest, I'd say, negative reaction. Wow. What I found out later was her negative reaction what had nothing to do with how she saw me or anything, but it was her concerns about how society would treat me. And, yeah. and that kind of really formed my, like, my foundation as an adult of how I see things, because parents and families really take cues from what's going on in society and what's being said. Right. And, um, and, and that's why I'm really concerned about these attacks that are going on now in our, uh, our trans community and Lavender Dems is really wanting to advocate um, and push back on them. Well, as After you, I came out, as you explained your, hold on, as you explained your background, I'm realizing that we do have, we can talk a lot about what's going on because you're, you're touching on multiple things, not just politics, but education. And that's a huge one, but go on. <laughs> I had to, yeah, well, you know, and, and, and you bring up a good point though, because, you know, sometimes people say, Oh, you know what? Don't bring up politics at the table. Um, or, you know, I'm not into that politics thing. Uh, but my foundation and what, how Lavender Dems looks at it is that it's, it's not this third person or something that's removed from each one of us. This is, these are things that affect our relationships and our safety, um, oftentimes within our own family, not just when we're walking on the street. Mm-hmm. When, um, when I came out, I had one of my lowest points because I was trying to kind of fa- find my value in this world and someone suggested about volunteering. And so my advocacy began with AIDS project Los Angeles. Uh, this was in the mid nineties. This was, um, about 94, 95, you know, near the, near the, the, the height of the epidemic, but right before we started to get some meds, um, to mitigate the situation. And at that point, um, everyone was dying from AIDS. Right, with and the death so absolutely, one hundred percent. And so, um, my advocacy work started with uh, AIDS Project Los Angeles, where I was blessed to be able to become part of their buddy program and then lead their buddy program. And what we did is, we trained volunteers and we personally worked with uh, people who were in the final stages of their life, um, dying of AIDS. Uh, and, um, and had no family or friends or very little, um, around them. And we didn't want anybody in our broader LGBTQ family to, uh, live the final days alone. And so I got to, um, be a volunteer in that program and sit with people in their final months. And, um, and then from there I ran the death and dying program over at the Carl Bean AIDS hospice. My God. I, I, I start with that because everything we talk about today, um, you know, I, I, no matter who's out there listening, we have to remember what came before us. 
mm-hmm. and what can come again. And um, and when we talk about uh, politics and, and what's going on right now, we really do have to see it in um, in the importance of the work um, for ourselves and uh, and those those that may not be able to speak up yet or haven't found their voice yet. And so from 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 there, I you know I went on to do to to do uh, you know more advocacy work in different ways, and um, I'm really excited to to be part of Lavender Dems and to be able to be here and have this opportunity through Lavender Dems to uh, to help inform and uh, and I, I I should preface this, Craig, though, to your audience. I I don't consider myself an expert. I consider myself like the person to your left and to your right that is living this and knows that we need to do something and I'm doing something. And so I I encourage everybody out there (laughs) to just do something. Oh, very honorable. Uh, I'm going to jump in here with um, something that I think is relevant to just uh, what we've discussed or what you've represented so far. I discovered a paid advertisement in the LA Times uh, this last week and it's from AHF. AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Are you familiar with them? Uh-huh. AIDS Healthcare Foundation, yes. They write this open letter. I'm going to read it because I think it's that important. Your coverage of, this is, um, I guess, to the LA Times. Your coverage of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, AHF, is profoundly unfair. AHS has saved millions of lives and has led a battle against AIDS in California for 36 years. In your most recent article, it does not say that every high-level inspector in Los Angeles has certified under oath that we are doing everything possible to give our tenants a decent place to live. Not long ago, you wrote a front-page article about our medical uh, contract being canceled by the Newsom administration. However, you neglected to write a follow-up story that... Uh, when that action was ruled unconstitutional by the court and the contract was reinstated. Six homeless people die on the streets of Los Angeles every day. The 100-plus-year-old buildings we have purchased for $178 million and spent $15.4 million operating and fixing up are the low-hanging fruit to house people immediately. Making the perfect enemy of the good is cruel. What better solution are you offering? You have toured our buildings multiple times and have, uh, and have seen our efforts to make them clean and secure. What is your agenda in attacking virtually every Skid Row housing provider? Your articles have become fodder for the corporate real estate industry to fight our initiative for rent control. They, are perf- they aren't perfect, and we can accept criticism, but you have gone way beyond the pale of attacking one of the largest nonprofits in California by leaving the corporate landlords unscathed. Wow. Huh? What do you Right. <laughs> Are you aware right. of that? You know, um, I had been following it from from the sidelines and you know this kind of so one of the issues that Lavender Dems had planned on really working on, um, but because of these attacks of public education, so much attention has been focused there. But in terms of housing for our LGBTQ community, when you're right. talking about 40% of the homeless being used to have been kicked out of their house, yes, their homes, 
when you talk about um, uh, the, the aging population of the LGBTQ community that ha- are the survivors through the AIDS epidemic, and many uh, don't have uh, many of their partners who they had um, when they were younger uh, because they're no longer with us, mm-hmm. who uh, don't have the, the generations of family that are always connected to them, and um, and with the attacks that have gone over generations, many have had either um, substance abuse issues um, without any uh, support. Um, there's so so many things within the LGBTQ community, and housing and security is one of them. And organizations like AHF have been around since the 1980s. And have been, you know, trying to, to do the work. And I think, you know, with this type of thing, when I'm glad that they kind of pushed back on it, right? Because part of it is they're doing what they can with the resources they have. And yet we know that there needs to be more done to support members of the LGBTQ community around mental health, around medical services, around housing, especially around housing and safety for our uh, aging LGBTQ population. Well, AHF is... I mean, they're a healthcare organization. They're stepping beyond typical healthcare, as as we probably know it, and and trying to pick up and help a, a, ba- a very bad situation. Correct. And, and in the process, they're being criticized, which I have to say really does seem very unfair. Um, you know, someone is doing something; it's better than nothing. And and the people that criticize someone who is at least trying uh, are are not worthy of much in my book, but. Uh, um, but you know, I guess <laughs> having discussed that, there are so many things out there that are so important, uh, Billy, that we really need to, to share with the listeners today. And I hope we can touch on many of them because I see, I feel like it's gone back to the days of Anita Bryant and the Briggs initiative and all these things that we, I felt were kind of behind us we kind of sorted out and and there was a new generation and and a lot of change and there is a lot of change and there's a lot of positive change but lately it seems like that some of the uh the they're they're rearing their ugly heads again if i i'm entitled i've been told i'm entitled to have opinions on the station so I, <laughs> so I'll, I'll i'll put that out there whether people accept it or not it's up to them but Anyway, I so th- there's lots more issues I'm, uh, that would be great to talk about, and particularly education. I mean, I, I guess the Biden administration has put forth a um, I don't know what you would call it, but they're they're it the gist of it that it's a claim that it is uh, abuse of our youth not to allow them to be able to uh, discuss their sexuality like a straight person would, you know. In our in our education system, that it's unfair, and um, they 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 used that it was a, a child abuse essentially, and they're trying to change it from that standpoint. Um, and I thought, well, that does make sense. I hope they're successful. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have more details about it than that. I was uh, it was just a passing uh, news article I saw. So well, Any, anyway, I, go on. <laughs> I, no, you know, you bring you bring up like the Briggs Initiative. And I appreciate that you, you bring that up because that's the point that I was making earlier about why understanding our history is so important and why they don't want us to be able to learn our history. When you, when you talk about 
uh, you know, uh, not being able to teach um, if you're part of the LGBTQ community or being kicked out of uh, public education. Well, let's, let's you, for the, our youth, for the listeners that are not familiar with it, the Briggs Initiative, and correct me if I've got my information wrong, it was uh, an effort to outlaw LGBTQ um, individuals from being educators. And yeah, so uh, you could, in, there was law, you could go to jail. 1978, right? Prop, uh, you know, Prop 6, uh, Briggs, someone who has a, a bunch of money, uh, you know, ends up to push it. And they, do, and they started over in Oklahoma and Arkansas by testing out if they could uh, uh, repeal certain anti-discrimination codes. And when they were able to do that, they then went ahead and then moved to uh, push further to be able to kick um, uh, people out so that they couldn't uh, be part of the LGBTQ community and teach. And that's, that's what's so important about understanding because we're going to talk later about a big initiative uh, next year, right, to change the California Constitution. But if we start talking about this here, you're going to see a running theme that what was done here in 1978, uh, the same type of testing over in places like Oklahoma, Arkansas, those types of areas, once they see what works, they then push it in other areas. And, um, and so you're, you're, you're exactly right with that because then we saw, you know, that get defeated, you know, let's be thankful for Harvey Milk and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and and the the leaders at that time, but then you you fast forward to Proposition Eight in California, you know, which defined uh, marriage as uh, being between uh, a man and a woman, and that passed in California. Yeah, and that's 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 enshrined in our Constitution still to this day, and people oh. think that because we have marriage uh, equality now on the federal level that it can't change again. And that's why it's so important that we really um, get everybody behind the work of passing ACA 5 next year in 2024 so that we can take that language of Proposition 8 out of the California Constitution. I I thought when it was declared unconstitutional that doesn't that invalidate it? So what it does is it invalidates it um, for now, but it's still enshrined in our Constitution. So just like everybody thought that there were Supreme Court cases before um, around abortion, and we saw what happened with that and what we're going through now, the same thing can happen. Another court case can come up, and the uh, court can rule the other way. Oh, and wow. as soon as they rule the other way, our Constitution in California autumn, still stands. And that's why, to protect ourselves from this right-wing extremist court Supreme Court that we have, we need to make sure in California that we remove that language from our Constitution. So the the 10 and 12 hour day that I spent marching to defeat Prop 8 in LA with a 10 foot rainbow flag up and down Santa Monica and Sunset Boulevard, I may have to do that again. Well, one, <laughs> let me thank you for doing that. Let me, let me thank you for doing that thank because you. that mattered. Yes, it really did matter, and and unfortunately, you you and we may have to do that again, and so that we don't have to be reactionary, 
we're trying to get everybody to be proactive so that they they know and learn about um, about ACA 5 and why we need to pass it um, next year. Because a lot of people do think, well, why are we even dealing with this? Like, I, I just got married, or my friends just got married, or people in my family just got married. There's, it, It's legal. Uh, but unfortunately, it is legal through a Supreme Court decision, and just like other Supreme Court decisions that we've seen turned over um, by this right-wing extremist Supreme Court, uh, marriage equality can be turned over that easily as well. And so there's a, an opportunity here to get it off of the California Constitution, so... Uh, that it doesn't become active uh, again or enforceable again with the failure of the with the change of the federal um, laws, right? Correct. And, yeah. and yes, and, and and just a side note to go back to the Briggs. Remember that the 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 work that that we've all been doing in the generations before us, whereas Briggs sought to ban gays and lesbians from working in California public schools. You have your radio show today, and you're interviewing a 17 year teacher six-year president of a teacher association <laughs> yes. person. So let's celebrate. Yeah, let's celebrate. We need to. Let, let's celebrate the wins and encourage more. Yes. Good point. A really good point. Let's not lament about what should have been done or what, what's wrong and what and, and get all all uh, funky on it, but get, uh, you know, Visibility optimism. Visibility matters. Visibility matters. <laughs> I heard someone say on my radio show, a different one I did, infernal optimism. And I thought, well, that's good. I want to be an infernal optimist. <laughs> 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 There's yes. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, oh, no, not at all. So, um, let's see, where'd we leave off? Um, uh, so, bring us forward. So, you, you, let's fi- let's finish your story a little bit more uh, clearly. Um where you, where you, um, I don't know, where you got in, uh, decided that you, you do more than help, which is a horrible thing to do, but help people uh, enjoy their last few days of their lives as best they can, uh, knowing the outcome's really bad, and, and I'm sure that was a difficult time. I do have some friends here that, um, Sarah Kasman, uh, she was the director of... Um, of uh, Shanti in uh, Orange County, she's she's straight and has two kids, two daughters, I believe. Wonderful, wonderful person, and uh, she was an educator. But she got she decided to volunteer, and it was like a flashover for her when she saw what was going on. I suppose similarly to what you saw, the and you know the least you could do is make these people feel a little more comfortable in what time they have, and that just drew her in 100% for about 30 years. <laughs> so, and she just retired. Um, so I, I know, I understand, uh, I guess what I'm saying to you is, is how powerful that is and, and how she explained it to me tearfully one afternoon. Uh, you, know, you know, Craig, if we have time, I'll tell you a quick story with that. Sure, because, I do. Because that set up, something that, um, for me, that has always been a reminder. I, when I, I was, like I mentioned at my lowest point, I was looking for something like to, what's my value in this world? Someone mentioned to, you know, go ahead, you should go volunteer because you have value to someone. 
So I went and I, you know, got involved with H Project Los Angeles. And when I started with the Death and Dying program, I went to meet the first person I was assigned to. And, um, and I went in thinking I was going to be the hero. I, you know, I was going to go be there with them. I was the one that was going to have, have the answers for them. And I, I arrived up to this house and, uh, the person's mom, he lived there, um, with his mom only. That was the only family member that was, uh, talking with him. And she mm-hmm. came out a side gate and I heard all these dogs barking. It was like a kennel. It sounded like a kennel. Oh. And she, she called me through the side, the, the side gate. And as I walk in, there really was a kennel. <laughs> it was like lined up with dogs. Oh. And, and so I'm kind of like shocked a minute, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, what, what am I stepping into? So right away, my, that, that, uh, superhero mentality of I'm coming to, to be this person to, to help save the day. I, you know, I was kind of taken back a minute and, she says, you know, uh, my son's in here, and she opens this sliding glass door, and the, there's this living room, you know, like filled with furniture and everything, and I'm trying to look around, and in the middle of the room is a hospital bed. Oh. And at this point, I was uh, 21, yeah. and, um, and it was the first time I had sat with someone uh, with that, and so I was a little shocked, and in the bed was a 33-year-old man um, very frail. And, um, and so I was, I was, I was a little shocked. And when I went and started talking to him, I, I ended up listening more than I did talking. Yeah. And, and this became my, my biggest life lesson there because I learned so much from this person. Like the, all those dogs, he was raised they did show dogs oh. and he, and he did it up until he couldn't walk anymore. And, um, and he shared so many stories about his life. I feel like I got more out of being there with him wow. than what he was going to get from me as a volunteer. And so I learned the importance of people's stories. And that's why I really appreciate that you have this radio show and you bring people on to share stories and, uh, and about themselves. Um, because again, I'm going to go back when we, when we even dive deeper into these politics, it's the stories of that person that was in that hospital bed. It's the story of the 21 year old that just came out and didn't know if he'd have a place to live. And then, thought that he'd go be a hero, but found out that he didn't know anything about his community being LGBTQ of what he thought he did. That, you know, being part of our LGBTQ community was more than going to a club. Yeah. And, uh, and so, um, I, you know, it's those moments that I, I really hope that, you know, through maybe just this one radio show, we encourage people to go out there and, uh, and get to know more people's stories, especially within the LGBTQ community, because sometimes we're we're one of the worst communities of tearing each other apart. And and I, we, I, you know, unfortunately, yes, that happens. <laughs> yeah, and 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 right now, even with our you know these trans outing policies that are going on uh, in schools and uh, and everything else, we we see even uh, people within our community that 
uh, aren't supporting our trans community. They're complacent. And they don't understand I... that the things that are being said and the things that are being done are the exact same statements. If you just Google some of the statements, you will see yeah. that the, they're the exact same statements that were said by people against us in the, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, the 50s. And, uh, and so hopefully we, could, we can inform people more so that we all understand that an attack against one is an attack against all of us. Right. Um, the, uh, years ago, um, was probably, well, was probably eight or 10 years ago, uh, a, a physician, a doctor in, uh, that had been very proactive in uh, San Francisco with the early AIDS, uh, issues and, and, saving lives and doing what he could and uh he lived through it for and and i don't know i think he was straight i don't think that it was important but he was re he was retiring and there's all this criticism you know is it over why are you retiring and he said and hit one response that he said was just really stuck with me he said i see people in the primes of their lives realizing that they have their with the disease, they have a numbered, a short number of days left. I've seen people, and the meds had been around for a bit, live more of their life in that year or two that they have than I see other people that have never lived their life and they're 80, 90, 100 years old. And he said, from that, he said, I want to live my life. I, I value every day I have. And I don't think it's selfish to think of myself at this point in my life. But it, it just put it all in, into perspective for me. I, I felt like, you know, when, when you know, when you realize the, fragi the fragility, is that right, of life, mm -hmm. uh, yep. that, that it also <laughs> is empowering and, uh, and realizes, makes you realize that it's important to do what you can, when you can. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I just, I, I, had to, I had to toss that one little observation in there that, you know. I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> and I've listened to some of the shows that you've done, you know, uh, with some of your guests, whether it's Kane Durham and, oh, you know, yeah. Pride Up the Pier, whether it's Alex Mohajer. It, there's, it, it really is about how you use your, your life. And, and, and that's why Lavender Dems is really trying to, inform and uh and create a place to where people can can come together learn more but at the same time uh do something yeah. right take action and and to understand that and again i'm, I'm going to keep going back to history i'm a history teacher so you're going to keep hearing <laughs> me going back to history but but again the aids epidemic became what it was because our community was was not important enough to be focused on. So, so oh. in terms of medical medical treatment, medical research, it wasn't until it infiltrated the upper class, straight, white community that all of a sudden money was put in. Yeah. And in in this death and dying program, I I saw that turn. I saw from ninety four to ninety eight where you know people were were dying alone. Then the cocktails came in, and in those final days, people had to spend everything they got. They had to sell their homes, give away their uh, any anything that they, they owned to provide for their medical, and then all of a sudden these cocktails came in and they could live. 
And imagine finally accepting death, getting rid of everything. Yes. You have no, you have no family, and then now you're going to live. And everyone's telling you you should celebrate it, but you, you've lost your career, you've lost your close closest friends. You've been alienated you've from family, family, and yeah, one hundred percent. And then and and uh, you know, and then now you're you're supposed to put things back together, and um. And so we have to look at that all of those decisions were political and the support that should have been there and there afterwards um, are all political choices. And so um, it really is important that we, as a community, are engaged yeah. and that we don't take things for granted um, because that's, we still have a lot of serious issues within our community. You know, that's my fear. And, and I know... Someone I know, uh, actually a friend of someone I know, said, because I, I didn't actually hear it from the person, so I guess it's hearsay, secondhand. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Oh. Said that, um, well, you know, I, I essentially, I'm paraphrasing, essentially, I, I don't know why we need to get excited. We, we've, you know, we've come all this way, and it's it's really, you know, it's history. And, and I guess my response is they don't, they're not aware. They don't understand that uh that now there's a lot of things that are going on that that if we ignore are not gonna I feel like if we don't participate or don't support they're gonna come back you know it's kind of like uh, when they came for someone when they came for I don't know some minority and no one paid attention because it wasn't them then eventually yeah. they come for you you know and uh so that is that is my concern right now, and and on an, another topic too, I did have some dear friends, uh, couples, that lost their spouse, their husbands, uh, to AIDS, uh, and yet they their window was open to the new drugs that saved their lives, and they're cheated too. I mean, here's a, a I know yeah. one one guy particularly. Um, I won't say his name, I shouldn't, but he lost his, his husband. And to me, they were just the absolute perfect match. They were just, it was, uh, it was designed in heaven, their relationship and very, very positive, very, very good. And, and he lost his husband and yet he lives on. And I'm sure the guilt and the feelings you must have that about why me and why him and why, 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 what's, let's understand this. And to this day, I feel that he's, it's still uh, a big part of him and something he'll, he'll never get past. Uh, well, he's dealing it's, with and that's, you know? and that's so, and that's so real. It is so, um, it is that it's that survivor's um, guilt or questioning uh, but there's a way that, you know, in, that we have an opportunity to, um, uh, to, to turn that into positive energy, to accomplish things in people's names. I'm, I, in my own way, uh, feel like, okay, so how did I escape? I, you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm not the, the generation before me that, w- that was hit the hardest by the AIDS epidemic, but I was that last generation that was hit primarily by the AIDS epidemic. Um, and so there's friends that, uh, that didn't survive, um, of mine and, uh, and siblings of friends that, that didn't survive. And, and so, you know, uh, that's definitely 
part of my motivation in terms of, um, you know, using my life that I have um, uh, to do the work as best mm-hmm. as we can. Um, thinking of our listeners out there, and I always mm-hmm. like to think that when I do a program that perhaps I may save maybe one person's change one person's mind about ending their life to be real real honest with you and yeah. that, it, that it does get better and i know for probably for you when you saw this devastation at what was you 20 years old when you went on your first visit yes uh-huh what and and for me uh when i was 14 thinking i should take my life because it was not worth anything I never dreamed I would be hosting a radio show in a little beach city in Southern California that was on the topic about being proud and being who you are and being honest with yourself. I, that was the farthest thing from my mind. So it does, right, Billy? It does change and it does get good. And those listeners that are out there that are thinking maybe that's, you know, what am I going to do? My, I'm going to lose all my friends and the important thing is be nice, be kind to yourself, and be truthful with yourself. And there's nothing more. Well, that's very important. I won't say there's nothing, but it's very and, important. And, and, and Craig, I I appreciate you saying that so much because when I presented on some of these school board um, attacks, the the banning of books, the banning of the pride flag, things like that that are going on. I always begin with the statistics um, within our community um, to ground the importance of the work um, that we're doing and the topics that we're talking about. What what you bring up that people have faced back then is the same um, is the same now. You know, I'll give you some facts. For your listeners, sure. LGBTQ youth are more than four times as likely to attempt suicide than their peers. Right, and that's probably According all we know about. I, I just think there's correct. tons of them that. One hundred percent. So, so let's take that with these numbers that I'm about to give you. Let's take that that this is all we know about. According yes. to the Trevor Project, 1.8 million LGBTQ youth of the age 13 to 24 seriously consider suicide each year, which means at least one attempt of suicide every 45 seconds. Oh, my God. Ugh. The 2022 survey of LGBTQ youth, so this is a survey of the youth themselves, found that 45% of LGBTQ seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year, and more than half are transgender and non-binary youth. Wow. And I could go on and on with statistics, but I always like to... And with this right here, because the right-wing extremists have then flipped it and said, well, they're doing this because you're, that's why we're saying that being LGBTQ is wrong. And so I want to oh, state this fact. Documented LGBTQ youth are not inherently prone to suicide risk because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. But rather, they're placed at higher risk because of how they are mistreated and stigmatized by society. So I want to repeat that. Yes. It's because they're at higher risk because of how they're mistreated and stigmatized by society. Remember that story I told you about my mom? Yeah. My mom did not have the reaction because she didn't love me. 
she didn't have the reaction because she didn't understand what it means to be LGBTQ. She had that reaction because of her fear of what I was going to face in society. And when we see these attacks in the school board members now that have been elected and are on the dais and making perverse statements about LGBTQ uh, people, including youth, even when the youth go to the mic, this is why Lavender Dams has really been uh, working to get out to these board meetings, to um, the Orange County Board of Education meetings, to the supervisor meetings, anytime uh, these topics of, uh, of banning a flag, of banning a book, of trans outing policies, because we want the youth to hear a different message, not just the people in the diet, but we don't want the stigmatized, these, these statements that stigmatize people to be what lingers out them out there for them. Right. So damaging. I, 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 I'm going to share some of my naivety. I, I, in about five years ago, I started to man, I managed just to help out. I, I, I could have, <laughs> I didn't get paid a pittance, but a small bar here in Laguna Beach. And um, I would hire, you know, people would come in and want to work, and I hired him. This one young guy came in, very attractive blonde guy, and he worked at Trader Joe's. And um, But he wanted to work at the bar part-time, and... And so he did, and pretty soon he was he was full time, and he quit Trader Joe's. And I guess his parents questioned him because they wanted to know where he's working now. And he was living at home. He's like twenty three, and in Orange County, most twenty three year olds, a lot of twenty three year olds are living at home because it's just so terribly expensive to to be on your Correct. own. Correct. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I we all soon found out that he got kicked out of the house because. They mm. discovered he was uh, working at a gay club in uh, his sexuality, and uh, I just my heart went out to him. And I, but I know because I felt like it, they still do that. I mean, that was what my response was. You know, parents still yeah. do that, and I'm thinking, well, how naive is that? Of course they do, and that this is in a, in an area that is really in Laguna Beach, really very liberal and very. Uh, uh, I don't know, accepting um, of diversity, and yet that that happened. Unfortunately, many people at the club helped helped him out, and uh, including I gave him a slip, sleeping bag and a mattress, so he had something to wherever he was. He had something, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was shocking, and I guess again my naivety. And the other thing I've learned too is. Uh, the gay, regular gays and lesbians have had, uh, we've all had our own battles and whatnot, but I never really fully considered trans people and just how I think much more tragic it can be in so many ways to be, say you're born with male genitalia and you have an, an uh, XX chromosome, so your body wants to become female when you reach puberty. What do your parents, I mean, what about the parents? I feel feel for the parents. I feel for the kids. And then they want to criminalize it to, so that the parents can't help them? So that the parents mm-hmm. can't work with their ch- own children and make the decisions that are important for their life? The government's going to tell you what you can and can't do? It's just, just to me, is just outrageous. Uh, that, and, you know, 
we've heard this term out there, right? We're in a fight for our democracy. Yes, yes. And, and, and we really, really are. And, and, and it's so important that we help people to understand what we mean by that, because the attacks on women, that's, and this is why, you know, that Supreme Court decision that changes, um, that changes women's right to their body autonomy and their, their right to, uh, to make their own medical decisions I mean, we're seeing right, right now what's going on in Texas, right? With just that female, the the woman who yeah. is her, her her health is at risk, um, and she finally gets the judge approval, and then within 24 hours, the appellate court um, uh, then allows her to. Then after that, you have the Supreme Court of Texas right now who just uh, stepped in again, and you had a Texas AG who said that he will prosecute the doctor that. Uh, that See, helped that, her, even though that she latest, had permission from the appellate court. That latest news I wasn't aware of. I had heard it up to the point where she uh, was. They said, "Yes, you can go ahead," and that the yeah, fetus so, was essentially dead in her. So again, that's already changed. And and the point that I was going to make with this is when I mentioned about marriage equality, how easily a Supreme Court can then change that. People did not think they were going to do anything so drastic around abortion. When we look back in history, the one group that they first tend to, to go after are women, because if they can, if they can uh, control the women, right, which we all know right now, the majority in this country are women, and if they all voted, they literally could yeah. win <laughs> and, and direct the, the, the uh, state of our country. Nothing worse than a woman coming, scorned. <laughs> listen, if they're coming after them this hard, yeah. If we think that we're safe as an LGBTQ community, we're not. And when we wow. start to allow them to pick us off one by one by making our trans siblings the other, yeah. then then shame on us because exactly what you said. First they came for, then they came for me. Yeah. And if we and 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 I that's the a hard thing to get people to understand because when we talk, have a, someone running out there um, that's the leader of a party that is literally talking about being a dictator and has already uh, proposed plans and, while well, president tried to implement plans, I don't think people really understand the conversations that had gone on in the Trump administration around uh, public education in the LGBTQ community. And their plan is to take the, what the civil rights movement did at the federal level to integrate schools yeah. and to basically use that to reverse things in the states because now they're not able to win elections um, yeah. by, uh, by proper elections. And there is a plan there. And, I, and, and people don't really understand that, uh, that we are voting for, I, I, to save our democracy and to save ourselves. I think the thing, I, I remember Cheney Sr. And, and how I, especially during the Bush administration, was just, I didn't, I didn't go along with it, and war is another whole topic. But um, I, Liz is the chip off the old block, right? And then, I mean, I would vote for her, certainly, for over any other Republican out there. Because I think she is the she's a woman and she's a con, the conscience of 
morality when it comes to the Republican Party. While she believes in a lot of their issues and she's voted for a lot of things that she think are probably different than my, I would vote on. She's the the bottom line is she believes in the Constitution and the morality, and that should if that would prevail. That's great. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because I am in the middle of her book, Oath and Honor, right now on the audio version. Oh, and, oh cool. And I am telling you, it is scary as hell. Oh, and, and then she because, identified the Speaker of the House, not even knowing he was going to become Speaker of the House. And, exactly. Yeah. That, that's why I'm telling you, it is, it, it, is, it is scary. It is scary because um, these people that are in those positions... Are um, are uh, are there with a purpose, and it's not. I always look. It's 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 beyond just Trump. It's beyond. Oh yeah, uh, Obama the, said that years Johnson. ago. He said this is not a new thing. This has been coming, and and uh, it just happens that Trump is at the center of the vortex. I guess. Um, and everything. And, and listen, every, we all know this, right? Everything takes money. There, yes. there, there is so much money behind these attacks on women. There's so much money behind these attacks on our LGBTQ community. Um, there, there, there's so much corporate money there, now, and speak- their goals to destroy public education, their goals to destroy uh, public institutions. Um, they have, they have been things that have gone on. Throughout the beginning of our country, yeah, I want to. And good. I want to come back to money, but I have to do one thing here real quick. This is KXFM one hundred four point seven Laguna Beach's only FM radio here in Laguna Beach, a station identification, and it's KXFM one hundred four point seven. Had to get that out there. Money. No, that's great. <laughs> money. Uh, people, there's this. Uh, uh, I want to go into another direction a little bit here, but Elon Musk has been, um, he's um, says some things that are probably, I find, uh, um, I got to wonder about. However, let's, let's, let's take this into consideration. What is the biggest, one of the biggest industries, global industries on earth? What might that be? Do you... Defense? Well, no, it's it's bigger than defense. It's the oil industry, the, the oh, fossil yes, fuel industry. Yes, yes, yes. It is the biggest yes. industry in the world. Okay. Yes. one of the, It's not necessarily the biggest, but one of the other major biggest industries in the world is transportation. Mm-hmm. We all That's whether it's jets or whether it's uh, truck transportation or it's all has to do with, and shipping, you know, it, it all has to, so those are huge industries, global industries. They affect every economy in the world. Along comes a man who uses technology and um, all of a sudden, in a very profound way, he is upsetting both of these world businesses, these world economies, the economy of the oil economy, the fossil fuel economy, and transportation industry. He's turning them essentially on their ear. I have to think that there is billions of dollars being spent to discredit what he's doing. He got in there before they, while well, they thought he was in, uh, a joke and would never have uh, do what he's able to do. 
and and he's doing it. And now he's into communication and medicine, and and he's he and he like it, it, this comment about Israel. He essentially said the Jews have been persecuted all their lives, and they do things to try and mitigate it, which I understand, and and they should do. But he he was cautioning them about the money that they were giving to organizations that not all of them seemingly really supported uh, fair treatment of the Jewish community, but instead fueled anti-Semitism. And that was his comment about that they should be cautious. And it got totally turned around where he was criticizing the Jewish community. No. Maybe he was cautioning them but that whole whole thing got turned around, and I think that there is tons of things. If you dig any deeper than what's on the surface, you see that this person they, they can't they can't attack his technology and his science and his and its brilliance with all his companies and all the. There was two million applicants for thirty thousand jobs with with, um, with uh, Tesla and um, SpaceX. That just tells you that that there's a whole generation that values technology and what's going on and, um, and what to, uh, so I also want to say is money can, it's just like the cigarette industry for years, they knew it was bad. The, The fossil fuel industry knows the bad effects of it as well. But for years they told you, well, maybe, you know, cigarettes are really not that bad. We don't have any, you know, definitive information. And finally someone said, uh, you've got to put a warning on it. And I think the same should go for the, for the gun industry. There needs to be a warning on guns. That guns, gun manufacturers, if you made a car that was prone to run off the road uh, unexpectedly for whatever reason, you would be held liable. But the gun industry, they, they're protected, they, they, you know, for someone misusing their, uh, oh, I could, anyway, I sent a message to David Hogue. I said, go after them for their, uh, for the liability of what the guns do. And so that at least if guns are sold, they're sold in a manner that is, there's, there's sensible use of them. You know, that's a start. And that's what's happened with cigarettes. Now cigarettes got all the warning labels and, and even menthol, I digress. <laughs> You're getting me just too up, stirred up this morning, Billy. <laughs> Listen, uh, so, that's my job. So your job? That, that, is, that, is, that is my job um, as a communications chair for the Lavender Dems is to, 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 to get people fired up to, you know, to find those issues that are, um, are important to you. And, uh, and to want to go do something. And, you know, we have our priorities and we have the other issues that we're trying to support. But yeah. we, need, we need people to, to see the importance of these things and to understand why elections matter. Because I'm going to just take what you just said, okay? The, the gun industry. Yeah. The gun industry, you, you hit it right on the head, right? Is that... Uh, the ability to sue them out right by through liability, right? You want to make that them the liability, but U.S. law protects right. them from being sued. Exactly. And why? And that should be and unconstitutional. That, and, <laughs> right. And that. And that. Though I, 
that point is so important for your listeners to be able to hear because what what that tells us is there are ways for laws to protect people. And we know that because with money, corporations are able to use the law to protect themselves. Right. From lawsuits and right. so that they can make more money. Yeah. So we're the ones that vote, though. So at the end of the day, if we talk to our friends, our family members, if we show up, if we're not the external personalities, show up and maybe you're not the person in the front of the line holding the pride flag. Maybe you're not the person at the microphone at the school board. But show up and take up space in that school board room so there's one less hater that has a chair. Show up at the <laughs> location where the pride flag is being unfurled so that yes. they're the the people who are holding the flag have more support with them. Or do like it, Alex. It can be, be that easy. Or do like Alex and run for the U.S. Senate. I mean, for the California Senate. <laughs> Alex yes. Mohara. Mo- yes. Yeah. Yes. Step up and, you know, and step up and run. But, yeah. I, but I also understand that, that people disengage from politics when they don't see themselves as running or when right, they don't right. see their personalities as being able to engage in the conversation. So we also want to create space for everybody. If you're not that person to run, I if like, you're not that person to go speak. Or like I, yeah. like here at city council, I've shown up for many reasons at city council here, but just to have a group of people take up seats. I like that attitude. Just even if you're just taking a seat in the room, that's important. It's really important. You know, it, it makes a statement. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and this is, and, and we've really, because we train and, um, uh, and, and help people to give them different ways to be involved. Uh, because, uh, what we hear from a lot of people, um, is, Hey, you know, I would like to be involved, but I don't know what to do. I don't have a lot of money right. to give. I don't have a lot of time. Well, to that's give. something we I'm should, not that person to speak. we should focus on in, um, what time we have here today is, the, I guess some very basic nuts and bolts things that that uh, listeners can do might, uh, suggest that listeners can do because I do think democracy is at risk. And one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent. And and um, and just uh, for your listeners, I'm I'm going to be updating our Lavender Dams website today with a bunch of resources. Okay, um, because I'm also an advisor for uh, the Public School uh, Defenders Hub. And we have a great hub and a library. We even do trainings for people um, on how to look at agendas for school board meetings and a bunch of different things and ways that people can participate. So um, after you know we're done here, people will be able to go to www.lavenderdemocratsoc.com, and um, and I will have the resources up there by the end of the day. Oh, but you're I'm, correct in there are many things that people can do um, uh, to to be involved, and we can definitely discuss those right now. Uh, well, and I like, think everyone wants to know. I mean, it, it's not like, well, I'm too busy, I can't do that. Well, if you just if everyone just did a, a little something, if everyone just did a little something, it would could change the tide uh, a lot. Um, I should say that this uh, uh, Rainbow Radio today with guest Billy and Billy. What's I don't have your paperwork. What's your the rest of the, your full name? So 
So my mom will tell you that my first name is Billy Joe because I am I am half Mexican and I am half uh, <laughs> uh, white Irish with my dad's family from Texas, Louisiana. Oh, and so Irish. You're I, everywhere. So I'm uh, <laughs> So I am a Latino named Billy Joe, uh, but my mom will tell you that I am, uh, my, my first name is Billy Joe, my last name's Wright. Right. W-R-I-G-H-T. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so we're here with Billy Joe Wright, uh, uh, who is very proactive in uh, the Lavender Democrats, OC, uh, in right here in our own Orange County and has a lot to share with us this morning about what we can do as an organization or group, loosely loosely netted group, whatever, uh, to protect democracy and um, and basic human rights on on multiple levels. Um, so yeah, we have lots to <laughs> lots more. So let me just I, I, early on, I kind of thought about this. In the short term, let's take short term and long term. But in short term. What are the three priorities, and long term? What are the three priorities? Or maybe so. I will one. say, I, I, I will say for, for lavender dams. For lavender dams, um, oh. our, our one of our main priorities for lavender dams is to flip the Orange County Board of Education, and we can jump into that if you'd like at some point uh, to make sure that we uh, repeal Prop Eight that's in the California Constitution and pass ACA Five. Uh, which will be on the ballot uh, in 2024, and uh, to make sure that we're fighting back against attacks on the LGBTQ community in our schools around trans outing policies, book bans, and pride flags. Yeah. There's, um, there's these, I think they were in Texas, but they moved to L.A. There's these two people that made the Rainbow book Bookmobile, and they collect all the books that have been banned, the, name, the titles, and they sell them, and they, and they drive... From a Pride Festival to Pride Festival, I wanted to get them down here to Laguna Beach, but they didn't respond to me. I don't know why, but I I thought, what a wonderful thing! <laughs> so yes, yeah. Anyway, that's I, I some of those in your face kind of countermeasures do help, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> so um, okay, so that is some immediate concerns. Let's the, the big picture uh, concerns. Uh, uh, Maybe hard to um, articulate, but uh, I've, I'll put it out there. Um, you know, I'm sure one, the top one is protecting democracy, but uh, that that I guess that's the the overriding um, part. But there's part subparts of that that are priorities. I'm, I I assume. Well, you're well, you're 100 percent there because you know when I give you our priorities. So we're talking micro, right? We're talking Orange County. We're talking within California. Yeah. But the macro on the priority is defending democracy because it's all related. Yes. Yeah. There, there, there's a there's a reason why the Republicans are attacking public schools. There's a reason why uh, in Republican and, and women and women and yeah, women's and, rights and, and women and women and LGBTQ um, and. Uh, and before, listen, it's all the throughout history, it's the same thing. Listen, a few years ago, it was, um, it was uh, all, you know, Black Lives Matter. It was uh, trying to pit us against um, uh, African-Americans. And then, it, then that, that kind of faded out for them as a big messaging thing. And so then they went on to women. 
and uh, and then that kind of backfired on them, and then their current traction is around our trans community. Yes, and there's a reason why the the Republicans are on their hit list are public schools because they they what they do is they practice this in Republican led states like Oklahoma, Arkansas, Alabama, and when it works and it spreads beyond uh, a, a an extremist community. They then take that and model it elsewhere, and that's why now, and it's scary. Look at how far, they've done a lot in California. So for California being a quote-unquote blue state led by Democrats, they've done a lot around um, education and, uh, and banning books here in this state. Um, but if they dumb down the population, if they turn us against each other, that's how we lose our democracy. Yeah. That's... Uh, um uh, divide and conquer. Um, uh, I was going to say something about California. Hmm, it slipped out of my brain there. Um, there's a lot of um, uh, since I I they want to take anything they can to make it an issue, and they don't. And uh, I feel. Uh, some of the extremists in the Republican Party, and again, again, not all Republicans are extremists. I think probably it's only probably. I don't think it's. They have control, unfortunately, but uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways. But I don't think. I think there's a lot of a lot of there are Republicans that we can come together with. And Craig, I'm going to give you more history. Are you ready for it? Yeah, more history. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to go back to what you said, what, or where we began at the very, very beginning with the Briggs Initiative again, along with Harvey Milk. Do you know who? What one of the big people in opposition in California was at the time that helped uh, defeat it? The Briggs Initiative helped defeat the Briggs Initiative. Uh huh. Um, I would guess Diana Feinstein. I don't know. California Governor Ronald Reagan. He helped defeat the Briggs Initiative? Yep. Wow. You changed my opinion there. <laughs> well, we should look at history. I, there was some guy who's uh, been fairly liberal, and he did a... He did a, a convert, had decided that the Republicans and Democrats need to come together, so can we talk about it? And he did uh, a, 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 he did some YouTube videos about people talking about where there is common ground. And I think that that's a very important thing to really have a conversation about. And when you start having those conversations about the, the primary things that, we're, we, that we can agree on, it, it, it's empowering and it's good and it's positive. I don't, you know, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm not here to why. call everyone bad and evil because, you know, for whatever. And this is why it is so important. And again, you're speaking to a history teacher. This is why it's so important to look at history because when we talk about Liz Cheney today, right? We just said talked about that. Yeah, is to understand anybody that starts to say, "Oh well, no, I won't even," because she's just another one that is the reason why we got here. You know what? Yeah. You need to stop. You, you know, it, uh, having having a healthy democracy requires us to have a two party, multi party system, so that we have different ideas being advocated for. It it takes us. It takes us having um, people who can speak to different people's 
value systems and goals and, 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 and to have those conversations. And listen, the Briggs Initiative and all that was defeated by people coming together across party lines to not let extremists win. Yeah. Right now, for our democracy, we need to be able to have the conversations with our friends, people within our families. Uh, we need to make space for um, people across the spectrum so that we can get back to debating policies yeah. and not and not just attacking people. I this I I gotta I'm gonna talk about my mother here. Um, it's kind of in the same vein here. She was in a Sun City and retirement community in uh, Phoenix, outside of Phoenix. Um, and they always, it was, um, you owned your own condo, so it was a very unusual situation. But so there was a common dining room and everyone would go down and be very social. And my mom always maintained that she, she couldn't talk politics because she, you know, they might exclude you from their table, you know. And I said, Mother, next time they say something, like, just say, oh, well, I don't believe in that. I, I, I believe in this. And just kind of make it like a non-issue and just, but say it. At least say it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and but don't say it in an aggressive way. Say it in a way, well, I feel differently, you know? And let them know that you're, you're entitled, and she's like 90 years old, you're entitled to your opinion, for Christ's sakes. At 90, you're entitled <laughs> to, to yes. have an opinion. And then they, they listen to all this. She's, she said, so I mentioned that I like Michael Buble, is the, the new artist I really like. And for 90 years old, I thought that was pretty cool. And, she's, and she says, you know what? No one there knew who he was. <laughs> And I said, <laughs> I said, keep it up, mother. Keep putting that. At least if you can't talk politics, talk music, you know. But I thought it was just really unfortunate that at 90 years old, you couldn't, she felt she was, and, and so I want to say to everyone out there that, and I, I say to myself, myself too, when people come up with an opinion uh, that, that uh, and are very angry and upset about things, I think we need to speak up. I think we need to say something and not in a threatening way or no, I don't believe that you're crazy. You know, in a, in a way that says, no, I kind of, I'm a person too. And I am entitled to my opinion. And I feel differently. Um, you know, and even at, even at that, you know, uh, so everyone needs well, to do you know, it. I think one of the things I try to remind people is having conversations around politics is not about what, uh, you're creating in the moment. It's about planting seeds where something may grow in the future. And you may not ever see what grows, but if you're approaching that conversation with true intentions, yeah, then stuff will grow. It, 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 that's, that's how these conversations work. That's why, again, to give you credit, opening spaces like this for these types of conversations, um, you know, you, even if there were people calling in, uh, being able to have the conversation and not trying to change someone's mind in that moment or to create people being defensive, but just to plant seeds of a way that ultimately if we want a, a, a certain type of future, yeah. what, what is it going to take for us to have that? And for us to have that, is it going to take us working together? And is it going to take us saving public education? Is it going to take us having a democracy 
to where we still can have right and the ability to have these conversations because we're seeing we're seeing fascism take hold where again we're trying to pull books out so that you can't hear and know what um uh to learn about your history to uh yeah. to learn about each other you know, to the, find value in your history the blacks came here on full service uh cruise line ships you knew that they were you know that's well, they're trying again, to change history. <laughs> listen, and, and you know, and the thing is, is that 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 would be one of those things that you could sit there and say, "No, that's not really happening," right? But yet, we're talking about that happening recently yeah. in terms of a presidential candidate like DeSantis and them saying this and pushing it. Yeah, and if you repeat, there a perspective here. There was um, there was a. Um, I don't know if it's a video or it was, but I, I caught it. I wish I'd it's, I saved more. But there's this guy talking about his beliefs in the American flag. And and I go to my uh, rallies. I do this. And, and, and it was kind of, you kind of got the impression that he was uh, a little, uh, maybe leaning toward the extremist side. But then he goes, and my neighbor boys, those two guys that got together, I why would, they should get, they should get married. Who cares? It doesn't bother me, and I want to say yes, yes, yes. It's like, it's like what really matters to to you. I, I mean, I get I get so irked when people have to take issues with other people's lives that don't affect their own, and in a way that's very damaging and and less than understanding. You know, um, Liz Cheney said to herself that said that she was. She has a history of voting anti-LGBTQ until she came to a point in her life where she rethought it. And she admitted, she's admitted publicly that she now supports gay rights and, 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 and equality in that regard, where she didn't before. And I think that she's willing to admit she changed her mind. How about that? <laughs> Listen, we... We don't, again, even within our own LGBTQ community, all agree on everything uh, politically or how things should should or shouldn't be. And, you know, what you're looking for is, an, is some type of intellectual integrity. People, you know, that respect each other's, you know, uh, right to be, to exist. Like, can we just start there? <laughs> Exactly. That that would be a primary good step, first step. Yeah, yeah. Just can 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 you know? Can we agree that there are facts and there are lies? Can we agree with people's right to exist? Can we agree with um with that we should all be able to uh, feel safe? Listen again. I'm going to go back to as a as a gay child growing up and then coming out. Um, I didn't feel safe you know, uh, walking around holding hands or anything like that. And, um, and my partner and I have now been together. We'll be 21 years in May. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, um, uh, but do we walk and hold hands when we're out and everything? Not really. And people always ask me, they're like, well, like, well, well, why? And I said, because it's part of it is it's so ingrained in us. Yeah. Of 
as we were growing up of to be safe. And now my youngest brother is, um, is, uh, also a uh, gay and he's completely different. 10 years younger than me, different generation. Like he is, he is, he is outer than out <laughs> and, and has always, and has, and has always been from day one. And with his partner, like, you know, uh, holding hands, um, uh, public displays of affection, and um, and I love it. Um, but I, growing up, for me in my in, in my generation in my area, it was ingrained in me, and it's just it's it's just natural that like when my partner and I are walking, we just walk. It's just how we are for both of us, yeah. and. Um, <laughs> And it's okay. It's okay to to just be each of us who we are, how we are, but to understand how these things out there that are being said really do affect our kids because they affected us. And to this day, even with all the advocacy work that I do, you would think that with me going to school boards and me going to, uh, to different places to speak and to present and everything else, you would think that I would be the one that's outer than out. I am outer than out, and I'm very visible. But I'm very visible in my own way. Yeah, yeah. On who yeah. I am, and it's and that's okay, and and that's okay. Well, I think you, I think we become so so much of us is something we've uh, that's a habit, and and it's and you don't question it; you just do it, and it's different than what uh, a new generation might have. I'll give you. I want to give you a, a, a tell you a short story. I had this gay couple, and they do- they had um, one of their daughters was uh, Giselle, and she was um, I think she's turning sixteen or something, but she's graduating high school. And they invited me to uh, dinner for a graduation party, and um, I wanted to bring her a gift. So I'm going to the shopping center at Mission Viejo Mall, and I'm I'm looking around. I said, what do you buy a 16-year-old girl? I have no idea. I said, this is horrible. I said, if it was a guy, maybe, but it's a, it's generations younger than me. I said, what do I do? And so I wandered around. And then I found this flashy, trendy-looking store, and I went in, and I'm looking around, and I even became more complex, more, more despondent. So finally, I walked up to the, the clerk, and I said, I'm a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I need to buy a gift for a thirteen or for a sixteen year old girl. I know nothing what to get. And she started laughing, and she says, "Well, let me show you." And I, and it was so liberating. I just felt like I walk to walk up to someone you don't know and say that. I mean, that was yes. far from my 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 world. But at the end of the day, I was. Again, it was so liberating. I felt like, yeah. I, and she thought it was funny. She's like, like, I can understand. I can understand. So I did get a couple of nice gifts for Giselle. And we had a great evening. And, I, of course, I got the maximum traction out of that story. I could, uh, you know, as much as I could. Because, uh, you know, we forget sometimes. And also, not too long ago, I saw two guys at Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's probably pretty safe, but two handsome young guys, and they're holding hands walking around in the store. And I thought, wow, everyone should do that. This is Orange County, and, and you know, everyone should do that if that's the way they feel, you know. Yes, and it's both and, right? Because 
and we need to make sure that it's safe enough for everybody to do that. That's true. That's true. Because I'm so inspired as a teacher to, I, I'm at like winter formals sometimes and I'm seeing LGBTQ couples dance together. I am on campus and I'm seeing non-binary trans, um, um, I'm seeing, uh, um, gay couples, um, lesbian couples. And, and at the same time, what I remind people, because they think like, well, what, look, look, they're out, like they're out, they're at the formal. And I remind them, and this is something Craig, you alluded to earlier. Remember when we were talking about the statistics about, uh, suicide ideation and the percentages. Yeah. This is what we know. This yeah. is what we see. The majority of LGBTQ kids on a campus are not out. You're not, yeah. you typically are not seeing the people who are in, in sports that are LGBTQ out. You are typically not seeing all staff members that are LGBTQ out. Yeah. So we're seeing these one-offs, and yes, we've come, we, we, we've come a little further, but, but we, we are not there yet because everybody's not safe. And we know that we're not there yet because we just, not only did we change our constitution in California, but we also uh, see people being elected to school boards and how easily parents are manipulated by things being called parents' rights and, uh, and our, our kids being demonized. I mean, hateful speech towards them. On the positive oh. side, though, because I don't want to just sound depressing. <laughs> yeah. We have amazing leaders that have been elected to our, uh, our California leadership. We have uh, bills that were passed in the last assembly um, and uh, in Senate. We have AB5 by uh, Zber, which is the Safe and Supportive Schools Act. We have AB783 for all gender restrooms uh, access by Ting. We have SB 345 by Skinner, which is a safe haven for abortion and gender affirming care to make sure that uh, That's a good uh, <laughs> people are able to get the medical care that they need. We have SB 407 by Wiener of LGBTQ foster youth protections to make sure that wherever they're placed, they are placed in affirming homes. We have SB 760 by Newman that has the all gender restrooms for students. SB 857 by Laird, LGBTQ Student Task Force, uh, to, uh, to help guide the future policies that our legislators will be making. So we are making strides. However, what we're seeing is at the school board level that are supposed to be nonpartisan elections, we see that people are not voting down ballot. And because they're not voting down ballot, Right-wing extremists are being elected, and this is part of the whole right-wing MAGA extremist plan. Yeah. They couldn't win another election, so they're right. having them run in school boards. They're being elected because sometimes only 10 to 29% are voting in that election. Mm. And then they're literally saying to, uh, 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 to you know, uh, superintendent of public instruction, uh, Tony Thurman and our AG Bonta, they're literally telling them, yeah, I know we're breaking the law, but we're going to go ahead and ban that those books. We're going to go ahead and not allow all gender restrooms. We're going to go ahead and not train our staff. And what we've found is in our, leg our legislative agree, and hopefully this next session they'll work on this, is 
there's not a strong enough enforcement arm to deal with those types of school board members. So the only only resource would be for uh, parents to sue the school. And even then, yeah, with with suicide attempts every forty five seconds, our kids don't have the years to wait for that to be adjudicated. Yeah. Oh wow. So what we need. What we need when we talk about action yeah, is we need people to vote down ballot. We need them to vote down ballot. When you say down ballot, them, what do you mean? So when, you, when you're voting and you have a ballot, you need to go, you know, at the very top, it's like president, senator, all that. And you yep. get your state. Then you get all, you know, down to your judges and water board and all that stuff. All the way down at the very bottom are school board races. And they get ignored. They don't get voted on, is what you're saying? Correct. Correct. So they'll vote even for if the, you only have... They'll vote yeah, for the high ballot issues. Yeah, you could have 29% vote in that election for that area. But out of that 29%, even less of those get all the way down the ballot because they don't know the importance of what's going on in their schools and who's running them. Wow. Yeah. And when you talk to parents... And you talk about safety for their kids. They want safe schools. They want them to be supported and to have the services that they need. And our kids are telling us that the place they feel the safest, the LGBTQ kids, the place they feel the safest are in schools. And yet that number is now decreasing because of the environment that's being created, even if one school board it doesn't have the extremists, but the kids are seeing on social media what's being said and done in other school districts, yeah, and they yeah. assume that that's going to be what's happening in there. And so they're losing trust, and they're they're now even more afraid to uh, to speak up to an adult when they are having feelings or needing to talk to someone because they're afraid that they're going to then be outed at home. And because they can't get that support... We are afraid that these numbers and statistics that I gave you, those are pre all this laughter yeah. craziness. I have a, a friend who's a therapist, and um, she's been a dear friend for many years. But she said about suicide, she said we, the statistics of suicide are widely, uh, outrageously un- underreported. And she said, "I, I." And she said, that "I will take an example here, and that the uh, off, too often motorcycle accidents are not really accidents, and people that want to end their lives want to do it in various ways. And there's so many reasons that they happen. And it's from her own experience, where I, I believe some clients she had that that's what happened. You know, um, she yeah. knew she knew the backstory, and she knew what happened, and and she." You know, she couldn't really share it with everyone, but um, she did share it with me in an anonymous way. But I, I and I often think about that. That in addition to what underreported, what you're talking about, there was a young man up in um, I think it's it's Idaho Falls, Idaho, and he um, left a note to his best friend in his locker, and he drove his car into the the river and. Uh, and, you know, he's like 14-year-old. Just to look at him, I'm going, oh, he looks uh-huh. not necessarily straight. And the parents are understanding, trying to understand why he would do that. He had so many things going for him. And I'm thinking, I know. I just like, 
<coughs> and I wonder when when um, gay youth are vulnerable to what they call the cyber attack, where they recently a young high school kid that was on the football team committed suicide if they were going to out some pictures that he'd sent to some people that he thought were girls that were in, in, in essence India uh, some they were some guys in India I have to say that but <coughs> they were extradited to the United States and they're facing charges uh, murder charges for him but they told him go kill yourself yeah you're not worth it you should just kill yourself and he did and um because he, he was going to be these pictures were going to be published on social media I have to wonder how often that happens to gay people and that mm-hmm. that they the vulnerability it's like in the military <coughs> excuse me they said they didn't want him in the military because they were too vulnerable to blackmail and all this other stuff well if you put them all in the military and they're legally there then that just negates any risk right that they Correct. could be outed you know so how do you how, what's the rationale there you know and it comes back to what you said um, about uh um <laughs> If if we all, um, well, about being safe, but if we all decide that it's okay to criticize people and then and then then say it's that's why they're committing suicide, that, that the double standard is because they <coughs> they know it's evil. Well, you tell everyone it's evil and they commit suicide, but they don't commit suicide because they find it's evil. They commit suicide because of the attitudes and and what they've learned uh, to to you know have self hate. For, for what's been imposed on him. I, I um, also think of history, too, um, Billy Joe. Um, good, good. That <laughs> there was a time, and there was there was four scholars in uh, in academia, and in, in, they were in Oxford or Cambridge or something, but in, in the U.K. And this was in the late 40s, early 50s, I guess, somewhere in there. The, and they all got outed uh, for various, and they all had tragic lives. And one, one of the survive, they all got, they, they, their lives were destroyed. And one of the surviving ones of the four, um, he said, you know, you've got to understand at that time, we had a lot going against us. First of all, it was considered immoral and, and you really couldn't go to the church because it was immoral. And secondly, it was illegal. You could get thrown in jail for being who you are and, and the fourth one met a uh, third one medically it was considered an illness so you you know you're immoral you're ill and what you do is against the law so you know what is your response going to be is can you have a healthy response to that it's like wow there's some history <coughs> so it it we have it has come some distance but there's still that there's still a huge undercurrent there that is swelling i feel like in the last couple of years unfortunately and i i read something you might not know about me but i put the show on for, for five years six years now and um i so i prepare for and i like to read the news and there's a news organization called alturi a-l-t-u-r-i and they report globally and it's really nice organization they but they this they, they culminate all of the information about from the various sources in the United States, all over the world. And the more I read about it and the more I realize how much more work we could do and how, much, how many more things we could accomplish because too often it, it's, it's very negative. Last night I printed out probably 15 pages uh, of things 
most of them negative, but some of them positive about the progress meaning in the LGBT community. Um, and uh, queer artists who controversial street performance are taking on the Russian government. So this guy uh, is taking on the Russian go- government with his art. And probably he'll he'll disappear. I don't know. Police in Moscow raid gay bars after top courts LGBTQ. Ex- they name them an extremist organization. Now they can raid bars and throw them in jail. In Russia, countries that criminalize gay sex are are impeding fight against AIDS. The UN warns. Uh, it's Argentina. Argentina's Milei M I L I E or E I. A threat to LGBTQ rights and gains. He's, he's uh, modeled after <clears throat> the orange man. Uh, Islamic group, Mirak, lists the Bible. Uh, Quranic verses rejecting same-sex marriage warns President Tunubu not to sign the pact. Nepal's first legally recognized gay couple vowed to continue fighting for rights. Unapologetic selfhood. Uh, that goes on and on and on. I could, but a lot of them. Those are just the headlines. Anyway, it's uh, from that, how it's affected me is uh, it's uh, gave me a much greater awareness of what's going on in the world. And you can see some of the progress and you can be disappointed at some of the rhetoric that's going on. One of the, one of the things I don't like, there was said that the United States export, exports a lot of things. One of the things that's exported a lot is uh, the very conservative anti-gay religion into other countries, particularly in the African continent. And there's a whole article about how much money, how they can raise money in, in, this, uh, in that continent, in those countries with their rhetoric and how uh, they've raised money in the United States and they've kind of expanded it to other countries and other continents and um it's money it's money that ugly thing ugly side about money anyway are you still there <laughs> yeah yeah no I'm, I'm listening to it because you're you know what you, you you remind me of is this is why it's so important what happens in the united states that we also especially as part of the lgbtq community understand the importance of our democracy and the strength of it because and because it. aside from what individual groups go into in other countries we still have the ability to lead in the world. And if we, uh, you know, uh, attack women's rights, if we attack uh, the LGBTQ community, it becomes even worse for people in other places in the world. But we also, that's the macro level though, right? Because we also see that micro. So the Orange County Board of Education, for example, what we've seen is this right-wing extremist board has created policies, these trans-outing policies, um, uh, uh, AB 1314 that they were trying to push in the state to to have to out. They they put passed a resolution in support of that just so that they could model and push that out to other districts in Orange County. And then some of those board members then went around to uh, speak there so that parents would just hear like, oh, yeah, oh, wow, here's the county board um, uh, trustee coming at our local board to speak on this, so they must be right when they're talking about parents' rights. And so what we've um. done um, is uh, I, uh, we've worked really hard to fight back against them. I'm proud to say that for the Orange County Board of Education two years ago, it was my map that we got uh, passed um, over the, the, the 
dismay of the Orange County Board of Education, but I wanted us to have a chance to be able to win elections from their gerrymandered maps to flip that board. So we literally had to, had to speak to the map, had to go above them to the county committee uh, for two years. They've been um, fighting it. We've won every court case, and, <laughs> uh, and they even took it up to the state uh, and appealed it as recently as October and then finally gave up. So this March, we have an opportunity to flip the Orange County Board of Education. And wow. this is so important because even though they don't direct every school board in the county, their presence and their visibility and the things that they say and they do, and then when they go around with their titles and speak to different groups, they're spreading hate. So we have uh, a map that, uh, that we worked really hard, and it was my map that got passed. We've recruited candidates that are pro public education, pro-democracy, uh, and are pro-doing what's right for kids and students. And, um, and so I want to do my quick plug because I want to make sure <laughs> that people know when they go to the Lavender Dems OC website that I will update later today that we have Beatrice Mendoza in Area 1, we have Nancy Watkins in Area 3, and we had David Johnson in Area 4. We've created a huge coalition to push back against the charter industry and the corporate money that uh, these hate groups are being funded by. Wow. Uh, but that is, that's a micro level so that we don't make it so big and say, you know, the United States importance in the world, because that's so true. Yeah. But if we start closer to home, we can see how by flipping this board, we can change what's being done across all these other school boards and then encourage people to vote in their local school board races as well. I think oh, that's, that's one. I, you know, I got to say, Billy Joe, I'm just so grateful that you are here today. And, and with our conversation today, I want you to come back again and again and again, if you don't mind, uh, especially as we near some of these milestones in, in what's going on in the local politics uh, and, uh, you know, kind of a rally call uh, as we get close to vote dates and stuff. I think that would be great. Um, I am I, I am so appreciative of this space that you've opened up. Um, like I said, I'm the communications chair for Lavender Dams. I believe in the work that we're doing. Um, but I also do work with other groups, you know, focusing on, on education um, and our LGBTQs. And so anytime that you want to open up space for us to try to either inform on specific topics or have general conversations around this, I would, uh, I would love to come back, and I want to remind everybody, please, please, please make sure that you vote in the 2024 elections. March, some of the races are done in March. Like this Orange County Board of Education, it's one and done in March. It's not oh, wow. March as a primary and then November. And so we've got important elections in March that we've got to turn people out on, um, and then we've got the no November election, and we need to make sure that we fix uh, that um, California Constitution by passing ACA5. And Craig, you're a blessing to our community. Thank you so much oh, no, for no. opening up this space. <laughs> um, just for the listeners, where uh, what is the contact for um, the URL again for the, uh, the Lavenders? <laughs> so it's www.lavenderdemocratsoc.com. 
dot com, not dot org, dot com. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> okay. And I will, and um, and like I said, I will update the website later today, and I will also come back when you post this um, on social media. Um, uh, I believe you said you probably do it by tomorrow or whenever you, you yeah. do it. And I will um, put our information out there um, as well to to make it as accessible. And on the website, I'm going to put a bunch of resources because okay. it's going to take all of us to uh, to fight back against the corporate money. Yeah, um, and so Rainbow, we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> and Rainbow-Radio.org. This. Uh, program in its entirety will be posted um, hopefully later today if not I'll get to it tomorrow I, I got a busy day ahead of me but I will post it on the website there you can listen to part of it share it uh, it'll be again on rainbow-radio.org rainbow-radio.org and uh, I will be we have just about five minutes here so we can wrap up everything we we need to wrap up I will be back next week for two hours starting at 10 on Sunday, not on Saturday, but on Sunday, 10 to noon. I'm, I'm stepping up my time and I guess my program uh, kind, of, uh, kind of on a uh, rebranding, I suppose, and uh, bringing us forward um, in, a, in a good way. Um, you know... I'm going to tell one last little story since we have a few minutes here. I remember when Prop 8 was going on in North Laguna, we gathered myself an attorney and a, and a, and a rocket scientist and myself uh, to um, carry flags and signs and banners to say no on 8, no on 8, no on 8. And throughout the afternoon, cars would pull over, and some of them, a lot of lesbians honked and gave their thumbs up as they drove by, but one or two would stop and say we're going to hell but by the most part it was very positive so we're standing there and as we are there's an apartment building behind us and about six young kids with their skateboards and saggy pants and whatever else were coming around and they were they had heard the horns hawking and they saw us standing there and and, and i'm thinking oh, oh no what's going to go on here and my friend the attorney friend the guys, the guys go, what's, hey, what's going on, man? You know, and my attorney friend says, well, we just think that uh, gay people should get married, should be allowed to get married. And, and I thought, oh, <laughs> that's a bold thing to say to all the, and the kids turn to each other and go, well, well, yeah, of course. Like it was just no big deal. It was like, oh, they threw their skateboards down and went on. It was like, I, I, and they, in other words, it was like a non-issue. Of course they should get married. If that's what they want to do, big deal. And I thought, oh, that feels so good. At least there's some allies out there. But I say that because when we talk about all the things that are going on, we need to keep that energy going. We need to keep that attitude uh, so that it doesn't take a few steps back because to me that was so refreshing and I, I felt Craig I know we have one minute can I just add something yeah what absolutely you just said? <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure that I make this point Our, I am so inspired by this younger generation they are actually more activists than even some of our community back in the 60s and 70s because wow. they've been emboldened and they've seen what it feels like to actually have rights and be out. 
And so we, we are in a good place and our youth are there for us. They're like, they're, they are, uh, are ready to fight. We need to just make sure that we are backing them up and we are in the fight with them. I want to also thank our um, Lavender Dams board who uh, does all this work because I'm here representing everybody. We have co-chairs Isabella Rubio and uh, Boomer Vicente, our vice chair Justin Massey, our treasurer Sean Thomas, our secretary Julie Stowers, our political action director Daniel Oreck, <laughs> uh, and our membership chair Denise Penn because uh, and our member at large is Stephanie Wade, who I know you've heard her name on your show a lot. Yeah. But I just want to tell you that it takes all of us together. And, um, again, anybody that's out there, please find some way to get involved. And if you're not sure how, contact me through Lavender Dems, and we'll find a way to get involved. Thank you, Billy Joe. I got to go. KXFM 104.7, Laguna Beach's only FM radio, Rainbow Radio. I'll be back here next week. Tune in at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Thanks again, Billy Joe. It's been a wonderful, inspiring two hours we've been <laughs> at this. I we had a lot. an hour, but I appreciate you. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Everyone have a fabulous day on uh, this Saturday, uh, December 9th. 2023.